chapter twenty seven the last chapter of mrs solomon smith looking on by pansy this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter twenty seven deliverance there came a summer afternoon which we who spent it in the little brown house in the hollow never forgot for in the large pleasant room opening from the pleasant kitchen a wonderful scene transpired a wonderful guest held audience taking with him when he went away one of the number and taking us who stayed behind even to the gate of the city the room was in perfect order and neatness no little thing had been forgotten the white curtains were looped back enough to let in the glory of the western sky as the sun was setting the white cloth on the little table by the bedside had the folding creases still in it showing that thoughtful hands had made it fresh that day the spread on the bed was as white and as carefully arranged as usual a fresh glass of full-blown roses stood on the table by the east window and sent ever and anon a breath of perfume through the room solomon smith's large chair in a fresh tidy of purest white was drawn up beside the bed as if its owner were expected to rise pretty soon and rest in it again but one look at the worn face from which the white hair was brushed carefully back would have told those wise in translating such expressions that earthly resting places were not for him any more solomon smith was tired out so tired that nothing on this side could rest him and he had been sent for to go home beside him sitting erect and quiet her face illumined by a tender smile her tender eyes fixed on his face her warm hand clasping his which was growing cold sat mrs solomon smith we had come in laura and i all unprepared for the scene about the same as usual had been the message which we had received from the house in the hollow even that very morning and none knew at that early hour that that day was to be the day of days in which one of the redeemed should be presented for the first time in all the glory of his new attire at the palace of the king so unprepared are we for great events when they are right at our door let us go and see how he is this afternoon i had said to laura as we rose from the dinner-table i will take him a little of this lemon jelly it is so cold a taste of it might refresh him i had no idea what refreshment they were making ready for him in his father's house seems to me he lingers in that same condition a long time if i were mrs smith i should want to try a change of physicians the weather is cooler now he ought to be gaining strength a little this mr leonard said and i resolved as i made ready for the walk to give a hint to that effect to the wife if opportunity offered just so unprepared as that we were it was the doctor who opened the door to us and who said you may step inside the room she saw you coming up the walk and she wishes to have you mamma laura said he must be better you go in i will wait here but the doctor held open the door and motioned her on 
and then in another moment we saw that face with its strange seal of immortality i recognized it at once as those do who have watched it before but laura stopped startled and frightened and mrs solomon smith glanced toward her for an instant with a reassuring smile maria it was her husband's voice low feeble yet in the stillness of the room distinct to us all i wouldn't have gone and left you if i could have helped it if i'd had the planning of it it would have seemed selfish but i couldn't help it maria so it must be right you know there was a wistful pleading in the tone almost like that of one asking forgiveness for a possible wrong her answer was prompt steady reassuring yes solomon it is all right you and i know that we can trust him you was never selfish in your life husband you have thought of me from first to last and if you had your way you would bear it all now but the lord sees that his way is the best you and the children will be looking out for me then he smiled a loving grateful smile you're going to the very gate with the old man and going to cheer him up to the last i'll tell the children all about it this was her answer silence fell upon them for a little the old man closed his eyes and seemed to be resting and the warm hand that held his cold one began to make little soothing passes down the wrinkled palm then she laid her other hand on his forehead and wiped tenderly the drops gathering there and the room was still the door opened very softly and the shadow of job simmons slipped in i had heard how he had fairly haunted the house longing to do and trying to do beyond his strength so eager to show his gratitude for one who had almost given his life for him laura had said one day that if mr smith should die she shouldn't think his wife could endure to look at job simmons ever again i thought of it now for she glanced up a moment when the shadow slipped in and once more she smiled and nodded her head in assent of his coming you won't disturb him i think the doctor said in a low tone whereupon the eyes of the sick man unclosed and rested on job on whose poor sunken face there was a look as of mortal pain and his hollow eyes were dim with unshed tears he had not seen solomon smith for days and the thought that he was actually going i learned afterwards had come to him almost as suddenly as it had to us but solomon smith looking at him with the death film gathering on his eyes still recognized the face over which he had watched so long and well and spoke ah job i've got ahead of you somehow i didn't think it but he's sent for me first be faithful and follow on poor job i give my life for you this minute he murmured i'm worth nothing to nobody and you are needed and then there came over the face on the bed that rare bright smile he gave his life for me long ago and he'll take care of all i am leaving won't he maria quick and firm came the answer 
yes solomon we can trust him you and me silence again and closed eyes the doctor moved nearer spoke to me in a low whisper he will not speak again i think will you go around near to his wife but even as he spoke those eyes unclosed again and there had come over them a marvellous change the languor of disease and weariness was gone out of them they seemed to glow there was a flush on his face as if there might be the coming of health and youth and his voice rang out and filled that room not a note of weakness in it maria yes solomon i'm right here maria mine eyes have seen the king in his beauty steady and true was the answer ay and they shall behold the land that is very far off it was in time i am sure for the quickened hearing to catch the sound of the triumphant promise and close upon it came the fulfilment for even as the sound of the last word died away the doctor said he is gone yes said mrs smith and i am here it would be impossible for me to tell you of the depth of controlled pain revealed in those few steadily spoken words there was even a note of astonishment in them as if for a moment she could hardly believe that he had actually gone to that land very far off and left her behind when had he ever been known to leave her behind she had gone on journeys errands of comfort or duty several times but never before since their lives had been made one more than forty years ago had he gone to another town or city even for a night and left her those who looked to see mrs solomon smith cry out or faint did not understand her she sat for a moment as one dazed she reeled for a moment on rising as one who was giddy then she drew her usually straight form erect and looked about her you are all good friends she said and you will do what is right and you will let me go upstairs and be all alone if i am bereft of my husband i am bereft and yet i am not alone my heart trusted in him and i am helped then she turned and walked slowly and steadily from the door mamma said laura to me hours after that everything had been done that we could do in the little brown house and after vainly urging its bereft mistress to come home with us we had come away leaving job simmons and his wife in charge it was the way she would have it in her earliest loneliness she remembered that poor man's broken-hearted almost remorseful grief and his longing desire to do something laura had at first given way to such a passionate outburst of grief as seemed utterly unnatural to those who did not know her as her mother did but it told me plainly that all the unrest of the past which had been scaled over by a film of ice for a few weeks had broken forth again and had her in possession as i say it was hours afterwards that she made this confession mamma to be able to endure trial as auntie smith did to-day would be worth giving up everything for but i never could do it i never could 
it was no time in which to ask her what that it covered so i said simply this don't you remember her words my heart trusted in him and i am helped do you think she bore it alone you have never tried his strength laura what a strangely mingled thing our life is and how surely and steadily and swiftly the lord is working when we do not see his hand nor hear his step i wept much over my daughter that night i saw only too plainly that she realized that her earthly vows actually held her away from making surrender to the lord she understood that the sort of christian she must be norman eastlake neither was nor could enjoy in her and that their lives would be discordant yet she could not resolve to settle the great personal question first and leave the second until she could ask him as her guide to point out the way he would have her take did i think he would leave her stumbling in that mire until her feet were over the precipice my faith seemed to be no stronger than that yet he was making the way plain even then it was the very next day but one the afternoon on which we laid solomon smith's tired-out body to rest under the green and flowery sod that laura came to me with an open letter saying simply this mamma read that then she vanished up the stairs it was in norman's handwriting and began as was usual with him my dear laura it was the only sentence that was usual and yet it sounded commonplace enough the miserable formula that has been used by dishonorable men ever since sin and sorrow began a series of platitudes about feeling deeply painfully that their tastes and aims were not in common that he was not calculated to make her happy that they had both been very young and that in short he realized that with both of them it had been a mistake and like an honorable man he hastened to release her from an engagement which he felt sure was becoming distasteful to her and a great deal more in the same strain i did not wait to read it all i let it drop from my hands while i clasped them and the first words i said were thank god for deliverance and yet i fear i almost hated the source through which it came too well i realized that it might be months possibly years before my laura could see deliverance in it i remember i thought confusedly of the words it must needs be that offences come but woe unto him by whom the offence cometh it was several days thereafter that i went alone to visit my stricken friend i had not seen her since she had laid her dead away i had shrunk from the first call almost as much as laura had indeed i was inclined to think with the child that the sort of exaltation in which she had borne the parting when it passed would leave her in the depths it was the only condition in which laura could conceive of her knowing with what rare devotion she had loved her husband for almost half a century i remember just how pleasant the familiar room looked as i stepped into it that summer afternoon everything was exactly as usual the square stand on which the bible always rested stood in its place by solomon's vacant chair a fresh tidy was fastened to the chair 
the mat on which his feet had always rested when he sat there was spread before it the bible was open and his spectacles lay on the page it is just as solomon left it she said quietly following my glance and pausing in the seam she was sewing to turn a tender look on it that last day he sat up he read and left the bible open and i didn't use that one i wanted to leave it somehow and it was open where do you think why at a verse for me they looked steadfastly towards the heaven as he went up now you see i know as well as though i heard him say it that solomon wants me to keep his thoughts away from the grave and keep them steadfastly towards heaven that's where he is and if i can keep my eyes looking there i shall see him soon coming in the clouds with jesus it won't do to look at graves i had gone to try and comfort but the master had been there before me and instead of trying to bind up a broken old heart i sat and told her of a young one that human folly and unselfishness had brought very low i could not get away from the thought that the lord had given this old saint of his some work to do for my child she heard me through without any interruptions save to ask now and then a keen question which showed me that she saw beyond the surface will you let the child come and stay a day or two with me she asked at last tell her i'm lonesome and her sweet young face will hearten me up i would like to have her come i love the child i will go said laura suddenly when i gave her the invitation she had been going around the house with a white quiet face for a week or more she had shut herself within herself refusing to let even her mother enter into her bitterness please don't mention him again mamma was all the answer i received when i tried once to speak to her of norman eastlake i knew she shrank terribly from coming into contact with mrs smith's keen eyes and was going there because it was a cross that she meant to try to bear partly by accident and partly by design i let the days pass until nearly two weeks were gone before seeing laura again other than as i met her riding or walking with mrs smith company came to us in the meantime and laura sent me a coaxing little note begging that she might be excused from seeing them and saying that she believed she was a comfort to auntie smith and anyway the blessed old saint was a comfort to her such as she should thank god for for ever i took heart at this and thanked him on my knees that night that he had one disciple among us who was looking steadfastly toward heaven all the time there was a sweet quiet in laura's face and voice when at last she returned to me and she came into the parlor of her own will to entertain the callers with which our house was full all the afternoon it was quite dusk before we had opportunity for a word alone together then she came to me and kneeling beside me put her lips to my cheek as she gave her sweet message mamma he did not reject me i have given myself to him for time and for eternity and oh mamma he has showed me joy already in his service i am not going to be a broken-hearted little idiot i am a servant of christ 
i tell you said mrs solomon with a strong light on her grave face there's two kinds of idols one kind is made of clay and all the lord has to do when he wants to free a child from that is to let it crumble to pieces before her eyes and then there's some that are made of solid gold and when he has to take them away he makes a place for them in his temple above end of chapter 27 end of mrs solomon smith looking on by pansy recorded by trisha g thanks for listening